So we'll start today, uh, as we normally do, with our scripture memory. So does anybody have the verses memorized for today that were part of last week's memory assignment? Darla has the day off today since it's her birthday. So we'll, we'll give her a pass, right? You memorized it? You just, but you just, what happened? Nothing. Nothing? Oh, I'm sorry. So you, so you, you have it ready. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you. The, I misinterpreted the look as oh, I forgot. So, I'm not feeling. Real not feeling. We can help her, right? I'm we can help Darla. That, I'm thinking that I was just discussing with Albert. Like age has something to do with this. this you think? Oh, I'm sorry about that. Okay. You want to give it a whirl? Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Well, let's do it. Yeah. You worked hard. Let's say it. Psalm 102, 25, 26, and 27. In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They are all like a garment that will wear out. Like clothing, you will change them. And they will all be changed. Yep. end. What a great verse to say on your birthday, right? That is a good one. Thank you, Miss Darla. Anybody else? Anybody else? No, you got to come up and... Yeah. Miss Amy, you got it? You think? We got two thinks this morning, so we'll see. Of all you laid the foundations of the earth, yes. the heavens are a work of your hands. Yes. They will perish, but you will remain. Yes. They will grow old like a garment. Like a cloak, you will change them, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will never Amen to that. Awesome. Anybody else? Psalm 102, 25, 26, and 27. No? Okay. So I added some new stuff this week, um, some things that I have actually read, so that's interesting. But uh, So today we're in week four of uh, the second big chunk of systematic theology, the doctrine of God. So, so far we have looked at the existence of God, uh, how we know that God exists, the knowability of God, um, how He reveals Himself to us. Last week we looked at the incommunicable attributes of God. Those are the things that, that He has as part of His attributes that He does not share with us. So things like His eternity, things like His unity, things that we just, we don't, we don't get to participate in that. He's just fundamentally different from us in those ways. So this week, this week and next week, we look at 16 different things that we can share with Him to some degree. Uh, not exclusively to the degree to which he has them, but we can share to some degree in those things. So today we're going to look at 13, and next week we're going to look at 3. And if it sounds really imbalanced, it is, but the 3 next week are really involved. So today we're going to do this a little bit differently than we normally do. Uh, if you look at your handout, uh, how many pages is your handout? Four pages of a handout, yes. So let the record show that the... The third page where it says questions for personal application, from there on down and on the back side, I'm not going to do any of that. That's homework going home with you, things to think about, verse to memorize, that type of thing. Okay, So we're only going to look at page one, which is really just an introduction, and the bottom of it has some material. Page two, which is a lot of verses, and then the top of page three. So don't panic. 
Staples are a good thing, okay? Uh, I had a lady leave class one day when she saw the staple. She's like, I just, I, I just can't handle it. I just can't handle it. And she turned around and she left. She walked out, left the building, didn't come back for the service. And I was like, it's a staple, you know? Um, it was a traumatic, traumatic day. But uh, anyway, so you can see the five bullet points there at the bottom. Uh, the attributes describing God's beauty, his mental attributes, his moral attributes, the attributes of purpose, that's next week. And then the summary attributes is uh, next week as well. So uh, Grudem takes great pains in, in describing and articulating that his particular definitions and the way that things are sliced up and the divisions here and the divisions there, none of that is inspired. All of this is just a structure that helps us study the attributes of God. So if you feel like one of these verses that you look at today should go in another category, cool. That's great. I have no issue with that whatsoever. Feel free to come up with your own systematic theology. Write a book on it, and I would, I would read that one too. So I've read quite a few, and I think there's a whole bunch of them that are really good out there. So that actually wasn't sarcastic. I was, you, there's better ways to do this. And, and the thing that I think is neat is if you look at systematic theology books from two, three, four, five hundred 500 years ago, their structure is different because we're learning more about God, and we're learning from each other, and the Holy Spirit continues to teach. And we get, oh, this is a better way to arrange this. This is a better way to put this, and it's, it's beautiful. Um, so the, the thing here that God woke me up three times last night for is the first blank on the handout. Um, you ever had God wake you up in the middle of the night? You heard that? Um, I have come to take certain things as, okay, I'm supposed to just get up and think about something. Uh, when, I, when I wake up on Saturday night, it's because something's supposed to be included in the lesson that's not there yet. Okay, cool. Uh, first time he woke me up, it was, uh, hey, I'd like to have a conversation. It was 2.15, and I said, no thanks, because it was 2.15. Uh, I was very tired. So went back to sleep. Uh, it was about 4 o'clock the second time. Uh, and then the third time, the hand of God punched me in the ribs. <clears throat> it was my wife. It was 5.17. Uh, and it hurt so bad that I decided to get up. Uh, and I got up and started thinking about this particular lesson again, as I have for you know this whole last week and whatnot. Uh, thanks, Jules. I appreciate that. And Grudem takes three chapters, 115, 120 pages, to talk about all these different attributes of God. Uh, and I, I kept trying to think, what is one simple sentence that would condense or consolidate all of this? And here's my best stab. You ready? God himself, there's your blank, himself, is the best, highest and final standard on his attributes. And here's where, here's where I'm coming from with this. When, when the Bible says God is love, what we typically do is we take our earthly mentality, our earthly idea of what love is, and we compare that to our experience of God. And we go, God, yes, you were actually loving in this situation, and you were loving in this, and we give God a grade sometimes. Like, you were, that was really awesome. You were really loving there. And in reality, that's completely and totally backward because God sets the standard for what these things are defined as. We should bounce our definitions and our understanding against Him to have a better understanding of these concepts. So it's not I take and evaluate God's actions against my definition. It's I evaluate my understanding against who He is. It's completely backward. Does that make sense? 
You tracking with me? I know that was kind of that was a lot to start off with, but that's my framework going into today. So when we say God is one of these things that we're going to talk about today, uh, God is, uh, we, we say he is, he's omniscient. Well, omniscience is defined by the attributes that God himself has. Omniscience is not defined by our ability to understand it. He defines these things. We don't define these things. So that's where we're going to start with today. Now, today's lesson, as you'll notice, do you see that there's a lot of blue on the page? So those of you who have been with me a while know that I have a color scheme because I'm a visual learner. So the black text is stuff that I wrote. The green text is something that somebody else wrote. The red text is Bible verses. The blue text are Bible references. So you'll notice there's a lot of blue today. Now, I am not going to teach today's lesson. Ta-da! You are going to teach today's lesson. And I'm kind of excited about this. So we're going to break this up. You're already naturally divided up into groups, which is very helpful. So thank you for sitting at the tables and not leaning against the wall, because that would be awkward if you just had somebody leaning against the wall. Um, hey, man, how you doing? Uh, I love you, Greg. Appreciate you. So we've got uh, a whole bunch of different categories. So do you see the, the first one, spirituality? The second one is uh, invisibility, and down they go. So what I'd like to do is give each table two of these categories, two of these attributes. And as a table, what I want you to do is take about 10 minutes and look up the verses. And you just divide up the verses. And when you find a verse that says, yeah, yeah, I think this is, this is a really, really good verse to describe and define this attribute. We'll talk about those. And we'll see if we, when we get to the end, I'm going to let each table talk for just a second, literally, like 30 seconds about each one of these attributes because there's a whole bunch of them. And I'll give you the blanks, and we'll go through, and we'll fill out the blanks for the definitions. So, sound pretty good? Cool. So the first up is spirituality. Who wants spirituality? Not all at once. Who wants spirituality? Thank you, Miss Darla. Darla's table has spirituality. Who wants invisibility? Invisibility in the back table. There we go. Uh, knowledge and omniscience. Knowledge and omniscience. Dave Barber's table. Uh, we've got wisdom up next. Dave Barber's hand went up. Truthfulness and faithfulness. Thank you up here in the front. Uh, we've got goodness. I'm leaning this direction since nobody over here. I saw a hand move. Goodness in the back table. There we go. She was just straightening her hair, but that's okay. Love. Um, who's got love? This is an easy one, yes. There we go. Actually, it's very difficult to understand, but that's okay. Uh, mercy, grace, and pain. There we go. Darla's got that one. Holiness. Who wants holiness? Holiness going once. Anybody would like holiness? It's on sale now. There we go. Back here. Uh, peace or order. This one was very insightful for me. I, I really liked this one quite a bit this week. You got this one up here in the front? Okay. Righteousness and justice. Righteousness and justice. Righteousness and justice right over here. Great. Jealousy. Jealousy. Julie, you want to take jealousy? You already have two? Oh, I'm sorry. So y'all, do y'all have two yet? You have two? You have two? You have two? You have two? You got jealousy. There you go. Awesome. Uh, and then I will do wrath at the end. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it makes sense, right?
So I'll give you till about 9.30, 9.32, and then we'll gather back up and start talking again. All right. It's time to start reporting out. Now, we are not expecting long. We're expecting brief, okay? So who was up first? We had spirituality. Darla, was that your table? Excellent. So tell me about spirituality. Somebody over here. Sorry, we were. So you may want to be ready when it's your turn. It's okay. Overwhelmed with the goodness and mercy. That's a good. That's a good response. I'll put a check next to success today. Then we got stuck on the goodness and mercy. First Kings eight twenty seven. Okay. But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. Awesome. And 1 Corinthians six seventeen, For he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Amen. So here's your blank. God is in no way limited to a spatial location. He's in no way limited to a spatial location. All right. Who has invisibility? Invisibility, right over here. All right. Now, I liked, um, I mean, I think Hebrews 1 2 is very good. Hebrews 1 2 3? Okay. But I, I like First uh, Timothy. Uh, we're, we're debating this. All right. Howbeit the cause that I have obtained mercy that is in me first, Jesus Christ, might show forth the long suffering. I know I started early, sorry. For a pattern to them which should hereafter believe, and to him, on him, to everlasting life. Now, unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, and only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen to that. So, here's your blank. God's total essence, all of his spiritual being, will never be able to be seen by us, yet God still shows himself to us through visible created things which is very helpful. So who's got the knowledge? We're going to maybe do both of these at the same time. Okay. Knowledge and wisdom. All right. Um, our conversation, you know, as lengthy as it was, uh, <laughs> kind of focused around the fact that, you know, God, yeah, he, he knows all things. Yes. But the expression of his power is really in wisdom because for... Wisdom is either action or non-action based on, you know, just understanding of the situation, what's going to work out to be best. Correct. Um, and sometimes that's pain, sometimes that's suffering, sometimes that's a lot of different things that we wouldn't necessarily. Um, I think to a certain extent we've, we've replaced, uh, we, we talked, the last thing we talked about was discernment and that it's kind of lost. Um, and we've replaced it with things like bumper sticker theology, yes. Christian culture. Yep. That's the way we do things. You know, Did you have a specific verse that we thought was stood out better than the others on this one? Either one of these? Uh, 
So the answer is no. no so I'll give you the blanks. Kind of the blanks, blanks, since I'm going to keep us moving, are the first for knowledge is God fully knows himself and all things actual and possible in one simple or not divided in eternal act. I'm going to read you another quote that's not in your notes. This is Grudem. The fact that God knows all things possible can also be deduced from God's full knowledge of Himself. If God fully knows Himself, He knows everything He is able to do, which includes all things that are possible. I had to chew on that one for like three days. That just made my head hurt. Right. So if God fully knows Himself, He knows everything that is possible. You're like, I feel like I'm watching uh, Inception inside the Matrix on that one. <laughs> You know, it's just, it hurts. So, and then for wisdom. Uh, on James 1 5. James 1 5, excellent. You read James 1 5? If anyone lacks wisdom, uh, let him ask of God, who gives liberally to all men. I love the liberal nature of God. Amen. Yes. So, the wisdom definition is God always chooses the best goals and the best means to those goals. M E A N S, the best means to those goals. Who's got truthfulness and faithfulness? Way over here, he's shaking his hand at me. Awesome. Psalm 12, 6. Ah, it's beautiful. Sums it up. Words of the Lord are pure words like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Purified seven times, and that seven is completion in the Bible. So Grudem here, he is the true God, and all his knowledge and words are both true and the final standard of truth. Who's got uh, goodness? Goodness, yes. Got a verse for goodness or a concept for goodness? You can share either one. I think our, the concept we came up with is eternal. Um, Psalm 105. Ah, there you go. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Yes. Aren't you so thankful for that? So what do you think the blank is there? Based on my earlier definition that God woke me up for because I kind of borrowed it from Grudem. God is the final standard of good. And that all that God is and does is worthy of approval. So who's got love? Love's over here, yes? What's our verse for love? We said three. Three of them. Three of them. Three of Couldn't so contain it in one verse, right? Work in order. Okay. First uh, John four nineteen. All right. Um, uh, we love because God first loved us. That's right. Uh, John three sixteen. Because God loves us, He gave His Son. That's right. And then the finish of Matthew twenty-two, thirty-seven, and thirty-eight. The first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. Awesome. To love your neighbor as yourself. Great summary. However, uh oh. However, we have a we have a comma. Uh oh. More is coming. Uh, and this is just something that I, I've actually talked to somebody about recently. And in, in the short time, and we didn't have time to go into it. Yeah. But I think for food for thought. Yep. Is hard to discuss God's love and true love without also discussing God's hate. Absolutely. So thank you. So you just touched on something, and Dave, you did it too, but I was going to wait and see if anybody else did it. So remember when we talked about at the beginning that these categories are, it, it almost seems forced if you only look at this one attribute. It's because they all work cohesively and perfectly together. And we don't fully understand him because he's too complex, but he gives us glimpses of, oh, I, I see this thing about him, and then you stand over here, oh, okay, I see this thing about him, and you stand down here, and I, I see this, and I think that's what you're getting at, right, is that there's, there's multiple components also, at work God here. that we're to love him, but we can't love him unless we hate our father, mother, brother, sister. Right, yeah. yeah. Lots of fun stuff going on there, right? Good, so who's got mercy, grace, and patience? Did we get hung up on mercy, grace, and patience over here? I'm sorry, whoa, I didn't give the blank. 
God eternally gives of himself to others because that is love. Love does. So, mercy, grace, and patience. What do we got? This is 1 Timothy 1.16. But for the very reason I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example of those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Amen. So the reason Grudem says that he groups mercy, grace, and patience together is because so often in the Scripture they show up, mercy, grace, and patience all together in the same verse or two verses or paragraph. So the definition here is mercy is God's goodness toward those in misery and distress. Grace is God's goodness toward those who deserve only punishment. And patience is God's goodness in withholding of punishment toward those who sin over a period of time. So who's got holiness? Holiness. Back here. Saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled, is full of his glory. Absolutely. So this is the angelic beings in heaven whose only job for all of eternity is to say, Holy, holy, holy. Right. Cool. <laughs> so God created something for all time just to echo back his holiness. Yep. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. So uh, holiness here, he is separated from sin and devoted to seeking his own honor. He is separated from sin and devoted to seeking his own honor. Peace or order, who had that? Awesome. First uh, Corinthians fourteen thirty three. God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Yes. As in all the churches of the saints. Amen. So in God's being and in his actions, he is separate from all confusion and disorder. Yet he is continually active in innumerable, well-ordered, fully controlled, simultaneous actions. But to build on what they were saying, the other one is Romans sixteen twenty. Uh, God of peace will crush Satan. Right. Feet. Absolutely. Yes. But in order to have peace, action has to take place. Right. So who's got righteousness and justice? Mm-hmm. Like we're over here. Excellent. Good. Um, there's a little bit in. Um, Psalms 19.8 that I really like, it's statutes of the Lord are right. Yes. Um, which kind of walks through all that. And then on uh, Deuteronomy uh, 32.4, uh, he is the rock, his work is perfect for all his ways mm. are justice, a God of truth and without injustice. Righteous, 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 well, righteous and upright is he. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Thick. So here's the definition. God always acts in accordance with what is right and is himself the final standard of what is right. I'm going to read you a couple sentences here from Grudem. It should be a cause for thanksgiving and gratitude when we realize that righteousness and omnipotence are both possessed by God. If he were a God of perfect righteousness without power to carry out that righteousness, he would not be worthy of our worship and we would have no guarantee that justice would ultimately prevail in the universe. But if he were a God of unlimited power, Yet without righteousness in his character, how unthinkably horrible the universe would be. Right? You, you, the only way this works in our favor is if he has both. It's beautiful. Um, jealousy. Who's got jealousy? Is this over here? Excellent. Uh, one that stood out to me was Isaiah forty-eight eleven. For my own sake, my own sake, I will act. For how my name be profaned, and my glory I will not give to another. Absolutely. He will not share. That thing that we teach our two-year-olds... God does not do that. <laughs> he is worthy to keep all of the glory and the honor. So here's the definition. God continually seeks to protect his own honor 
to protect his own honor. And then wrath, to kind of counterbalance the definition here, is he intensely hates all sin. Yes, he intensely hates all sin. Excellent. So, thank you for teaching the Sunday School class today. That was kind of cool. A um, couple things before we go. The, uh, the hymn for today is, O Worship the King. Any of you probably sung this or heard this song. O worship the King, all glorious above. O gratefully sing His power and His love. O shield and defender, the ancient of days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. O tell of His might, O sing of His grace, whose robe is the light, whose canopy space. His chariots of wrath, the deep thunder clouds form, and dark is His path on the wings of the storm. Now, this is the verse I'd never heard before. The earth with its store of wonders untold, Almighty, your power has founded of old. He has established it fast by a chainless, changeless decree, and round it has cast like a mantle the sea. Your bountiful care, what tongue can recite? It breathes in the air and shines in the light. It streams from the hills, it descends to the plain, and sweetly distills in the dew and the rain. And then picking up with the two that we've probably heard, frail children of dust, and feeble is frail, in you do we trust, nor find you to fail. Your mercies how tender, how firm to the end, our maker, defender, redeemer, and friend. O measureless might, ineffable love, while angels delight to him you above. The humbler creation through feeble their ways, with true adoration shall lisp to your praise. I love that one. It's hard to beat that one. So take a couple minutes, share your prayer requests at the table. Don't forget the memory verses at the bottom. And there's 16, I think there's 16 or 17 questions for personal reflection uh, to think about as you go through the week. So uh, pray as a table. Thanks for coming to Sunday school today. And thanks for teaching the lesson one more time. And uh, appreciate you.